Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, a podcast about the Bible through the lens of people who are no longer really into that sort of thing. (laughs) I am your co-host, Tori Williams-Douglas, and with me is... Justin Gentry, uh, also a co-host of this podcast that you're listening to. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, we... um, we're gonna have a little little combo today about uh, about some weird stuff in the Bible, as we do. It's pretty much the entire premise of the show, in fact. Yes. And uh, we feel like the Bible's a little weird, so we're just gonna we're just gonna get weird with it. Yeah, we're gonna get weird with it, and we're gonna just dive in and and take it at face value. I yeah. I don't think we don't mock the Bible so much as just let it be itself. We just read it. We, we literally it, just read it. We just let it be itself and all of its strangeness. And and it's surprising good parts too. You know, yeah. It can be surprisingly yeah. good. I think it also does weird things to people though, if they don't take it. I think if you take it seriously, it's a good book. If you take it literally, or if you take it as a guide for and life. Instruction, yes. Mm-hmm. Or, or a you, psychology textbook, or a yeah. history textbook, or a or biology textbook. If you have, or if you have repressed trauma and don't address it, and you can kind of lift whatever you want out of the Bible in order to mask your insecurities. It's a free-for-all in there, you guys. It is. Just it is. Take it's what a free you need. Yeah. Take, what, take whatever you want. Make want it to commit a genocide? We got that. Yep. Judges. Want to start your own said. cult? <laughs> yeah. We got that. It'll do it. We have that covered. Yeah. You have no idea. Um, but if you want to understand the weird ways, or the interesting ways, I should say, that humans interact with the divine, it's also there too. And you can learn a lot about humans and yourself. Absolutely. Many ways to, uh, many ways to take on that particular sacred text. Yep. And I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's fun times because it, you know, it doesn't make any sense to us yeah. really contextually because it wasn't written for us. Not at all. This is how it shakes out. Yep. But the, our, the star of our This Week in Evangelicalism segment does not believe that. Believes it no. is God's no. word for real men at all times 
and feel men. <laughs> the and the ladies can submit submit to the real men, and as long as they're doing that, then they'll be saved. Well, as long as they're doing that and having babies, they'll be saved. And that brings us to our old friend, Marky Driscoll. Oh, Marky Mark. Marky Driscoll. We're probably going to do a whole episode on him, but over the last few weeks, we feel like it should come up. Uh, he has been on a tear you know, blocking people on the Twitters and saying, you know, his Marky Mark things and doing his Marky uh-huh. Mark things. And wanted to talk a little bit about him and the toxic masculinity that he represents and, and yes. what uh, that has to do with his interpretation of the Bible. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh man, there's just, there's just so much, but basically for people who are blessed to not know who Mark Driscoll is, I apologize right now for ruining that for you. Um, but yeah, so he essentially started, um, you know, he graduated from college sometime in the nineties, uh, got married, immediately started a church, had never really been in a church before. Like he didn't, he wasn't someone who grew up in church. He basically got saved in late high school or college. And um, yeah, he immediately began abusing people. Well, I mean, he started with his wife and uh, just kind of went downhill from there, if you can believe it. Um, so over the years, like a lot, a lot of people found him really fascinating because he would like swear during his sermons and he would talk about sex all the time. Um, he was, he's a very gifted communicator. He's very charismatic. Um, and yeah, over the course of, I don't know, like I think 15 years or so, maybe longer. 15, 20 years, something like that. Yeah. He, um, he grew his church, this like little house church plant that he started from just the people who fit in his living room to like over a dozen locations in multiple States. Um, and yeah, he is, he's, he's a problem. Uh, I'm trying to kind of fast forward here, essentially people, um, in the church started accusing him of spiritual, emotional, and financial abuse. And um, it was exposed that he plagiarized part of his book. He used church funds to buy his own book to get it onto the New York Times bestseller list. He uh, used his book to bully his wife constantly um, and forced her to confess her sins in his book about marriage, um, which, gave her a panic attack and she still had to do it. And so now it's like in hundreds of thousands of homes that she just like had to force herself into this confession to the world because he said she had to. And um, yeah, people were like, yeah, this seems not cool. And so there was like, you know, there was the board and like the lead pastors and whatever. And um, in the end, like, Mars Hill just dissolved. All of the pastors kind of like got their own churches, but on the condition that they sign an NDA, um, not talking about what the spiritual uh, discipline that the church was supposed to enact was, right? So he got to leave and he got to make everybody swear that they would not tell anyone what, like the full extent of what he did, 
or or much of anything that he did. Um, and the uh, basically the um, what am I thinking of here? Uh, the blackmail piece of this was he had set it up so that he owned um, all of his, he owned all of the churches, like all 15 churches were like in his name, basically. And so he said, I will give you each of you, your church. Like I will sell it to you, but only if you sign this NDA, otherwise I'm just gonna, you know, destroy you. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, then he went, then he, oh my gosh, this, why is this so long? Then he went down to Phoenix, Arizona, started another church, and now he is harassing a family that attended his church for many years in Arizona. Yeah. Um, because uh, a That's been the latest will, piece of news. This is the latest out. piece of news that it yeah. broke like a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Essentially, there was a boy in the church who wanted to date his daughter, and he doesn't believe in that. So, um, again, spiritual spiritual abuse on point mark driscoll um yeah he you know he got mad he like harassed his family he called the cops on them um he what did he do he paid a private investigator to follow them around with church funds um he's a very he's a very disturbed man who needs yes. a lot of therapy yeah. and um and needs to make things right with several thousand people at this point, if not more. Um, and yeah, he is just on, he's just on a rampage as he is. I didn't get into like even half of the scandals. <laughs> he's yeah, this is of. like the surface level. This is just, yeah, just this is just, yeah. 30,000 foot view, honestly, of, of this man and his quote unquote ministry. Um, but yeah, he is extremely abusive to everyone and he does not hide that and um this was yeah his his somebody wanting to date a 15 year old wanting to date his daughter sent him into a rage yeah where he used church funds to then harass not mm -hmm. just the boy but the family the entire family the entire family yeah yeah um so i don't know what did what did what did, what was your exposure to mark driscoll when you were i think in so it, for me, I, I wasn't in the Pacific Northwest. I didn't get a chance right. to attend his church. So this is me from the East Coast. Uh, you know, he was, for the most part, seen as, you know, a, a vibrant communicator, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to get and read one or two of his books and ministry classes. And, you know, from... When I was in seminary, we read one of his books, but it was kind of like a, this is an example of a way to do pastoral ministry. It wasn't like, right. this guy's got it. You know, there was, right. there was some uh -huh. debate over, is his style acceptable? Is, would it right. work? But there wasn't ever a condemnation of it. I was involved mm. in church planning circles mm -hmm. for a while there. I was part of a church plant and he was seen as kind of the hero. Like this is the guy living the dream. You know, he planted a church and now it's 15,000 people. This is the goal. Now you might not like yes. his, you know, it's actually interesting that looking back now in 2020 at that time, the way that they talked about him was very similar to the way that evangelicals talk about Donald Trump. Like we might not mm -hmm. like his style, you know, his mm -hmm. style gets a little rough around the mm -hmm. edges, but mm -hmm. he gets results and he's a man of God. So we'll just kind of accept that he does these things. And 
I've been out of evangelical for evangelicalism for a while. I don't know how they would reflect on his scandals necessarily, but for the most part, his style for sure is seen as, you know, this is a style that you can take as a pastor. Yeah. And I think something that's really interesting too, that I didn't, I didn't touch on in this overview is he very much, um, he commodified kind of church planting, right? So he's like, this is a formula that businesses, yeah. that corporations use to grow their businesses. I'm going to use this exact same formula. And then, you know, obviously he was doing like consulting for people, like how do, how do we grow our churches? And um, so I think he still does too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he still does. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's using this like corporate, capitalist model of of church planting and honestly i mean again like just like with the bible if you're using this lens for the way that you interact with everyone in the world you are going to be abusive it's not it's not optional right you are going to abuse people if this is if you view everyone as just like a part of your corporate marketing scheme as a tool to win, win souls ministry. for Christ, but yeah. you know, with an MBA. <laughs> yeah. And that that's, and I think that that seeps into a lot of church plants. The So I, many, I, it's so I, popular now. Yes. And, and also I was part of a church plant and I want to be careful here because I don't want to name names or be that guy, but yeah, uh, there was very much in the air, the idea that you know, one, one guy plants the church yeah, and it's his vision Yes, yep. and yep. people are trying to steal the church from you. And so you have to defend it at all costs. I did not know. I didn't know part C. That's really interesting. Yeah, that that's is very, that's, very interesting. You know, that was, that was taught, that was talked about. Yes. You know, yeah. so be Absolutely. careful who you hire, make sure you hire loyal people. And, right. You know, loyal back, to you. Yeah, loyal to you. Not to, not to God, right. not to the Bible, not, not to the people you're supposed to be ministering to, not to the people. You know, no, if they have a different view of the people that you're serving, like they're trying to steal this church from you, get them out. Right. Uh, so, wow. and that's, and that's, that's a very Mark Driscoll way yes. of approaching things. Mm-hmm. Like I am in control. I own everything. And anyone that says any different than me, anyone that questions me publicly, privately is out. And this is why he's blocking everybody on Twitter. Like yes. anyone that opposes me in any way whatsoever mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. completely cut out of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. interesting coming from, you know, if I even look at it through a Christian lens, like that, I don't see that mirrored really anywhere. I mean, maybe in Paul, you know, if you read Paul, like the total asshole that he could very well have been. Right. But, you know, the concept of accountability is pretty baked into Christianity, I think. I think so. And there could be unhealthy levels of accountability. Sure. But, Mm -hmm. or even the idea that you are corruptible and you need other human beings around. Yeah. Is very much in there. Mm -hmm. So it it is interesting that even that that is taken, it was just this very authoritarian lens, this very, very capitalist CEO business lens that one man has the vision for everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you don't act on that, then you're out. See ya. Yeah. Because yeah. one man, it's basically you're God. You are God to these people. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and you can pull that out of Moses. You can pull that out of a lot of parts of scripture. Like I am mm-hmm. God to these people. 
Right. And I am your prophet. I am your leader. And if you don't accept that, then you, you need can to go. get out. You yeah. can get out. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, that style of leadership just in isolation, I think is unhealthy, mm-hmm. but it's not it's very adjacent to what he's doing now, which is I'm going to use my power and my money to go after people that are on the outside that I don't like. Like it. Yes. You know, if I believe Mm -hmm. I'm 100% in control of this group of people and I sense a threat from the outside, it's not, it's not very difficult to begin seeing how this would become dangerous to people, Mm -hmm. not just people inside the community, but even outside as these, as this family is discovering. That's yeah, I think that that's absolutely the case. Uh, One one way that I noticed kind of his sort of toxic influence and maybe it was before him, but you know, again, like he just kind of systematized it. Um, But yeah, it's this idea of like, it's, it's almost always a white dude. And it's basically like colonizer Christianity, right? It's like, what is my vision for this city? Yes. What is my vision? What, what is God telling me to do for the city and like the people who are in the city are just like side characters they're just like extras in your show um and yeah it's 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 distressing and abusive it needs to stop yeah that's my take that's my take as well we are we gonna do um a drinking game i think we we are i think we should i love whales so much just real quick uh, tangent, but yep. I'm obsessed with whales. So uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that Jonah's not one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, I was I always thought Jonah was a little just basic. <laughs> just Which, why say. did I think that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he was. I I felt like Jonah was very much just kind of phoning it in. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. He just wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't sending his best. Um, so yes. Anyway, I found through Twitter an incredible, incredible thread from at real scientists um, about whale procreation. And it was delightful. So I'm going to say that we are going to do our drinking, uh, burpees. um, I don't know. What else do we have people do? What are other things we have people do that are- Drink water, do a push-up. Drink water, do a push-up. Yeah, for whales. Or or a shot. Oh god. You Depending. will be drunk. You will be Full drunk. Full disclosure. Yeah. Like we will not take responsibility for that because we did no, tell you. We did tell you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, so, so if, what if is... you have a thing, by the way, about about people being eaten by animals, this episode is not for you, so you should just skip it. Yeah. It's not <laughs> eaten, because you know, it was spit out uh, later. Spoiler consumed. alert. Consumed. Consumed. I know. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you're claustrophobic and don't like the word moist, this is going to be a difficult episode for you. If you're claus, yeah. If you're claustrophobic <laughs> and don't like uh, stomach acid, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have man. a bad time. Yeah. So, on that note, <laughs> uh, this one's going to be a two-parter. So we are going to go through the whole book of Jonah, but we're going to do the first two chapters today. And then our next episode, we're going to do the next two chapters. Wrap it up. And 
So yeah, Jonah is an interesting character. Again, it is a classic Bible story that probably next to Noah's Ark is the mm-hmm. next one that kids get to learn. Yeah. And yep. and like Noah's Ark, a lot of the rough edges are filed off to make it more palatable for children because you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again, the Bible is not a children's book the Bible at all. It's not a children's book. No. And so we're going to start it out. I'll say it in my own words, but you can follow along in your Bibles to, to check me if you wish, yeah. if, is, if you're into that. Uh, so I'm going to go through two chapters one and two today. And yeah. the book of Jonah, it's interesting, starts out very much like most stories about prophets. You know, it says, and the Lord said to Jonah, mm-hmm. go to this place. Like most prophets get called by God to go to a place and they go there. You know, you know, Isaiah, you know, yeah. Elijah, like it's, it's, it is a common motif in some, in biblical literature. This is almost like the once upon a time right. kind of introduction. Like, it's just like, Absolutely. oh, I know exactly where this is going. And then, <laughs> and then Jonah just turns it on its head. And there is actually a lot of debate, I think, amongst biblical scholars as to whether or not this story represents a literal story or if it was always meant to be a satirical story mm-hmm. that was it was like it was never meant to be history it was just taking a cultural hero jonah is mentioned uh, in second kings i think just as an aside he's not a character okay. he just okay. like he's there right so he was a he was a prophet that existed in israel according to the bible and you know this it, there's some debate as to whether or not this is just a fan- this was always meant to be a fantastical story or if it was quote unquote literal. I don't believe it actually happened at all. But <laughs> I like, think we it, tried to talk about the anatomy piece there and we were having a hard time coming yeah, up with it. Oh my gosh, I really tried. So <laughs> so anyway, where Jonah immediately veers off the track though, because you know, yeah. God says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to proclaim judgment against them, or my judgment is coming for them. And immediately, Jonah runs away, and he high goes high tails it out of there. And, and yeah, like Nineveh is east, and he goes on west until yes. he gets to the ocean, and then gets on a boat. And he's like, "I wanted, I want this boat to take me as far west as possible. I want to, <laughs> I want to get as far away as I can." And the motivation really isn't clear, and I won't get into the motivation that much because the motivation is more revealed kind of in chapter four but we'll just say like he's just getting out of town and the hebrew does an interesting thing where it's always he goes down to joppa he goes down so like there's always kind of this play on words of going down uh you know going up to the temple is going up so it's you know kind of doing all that kind of you know hebrew is in the bible the the hebrew in, in the bible and to a lesser extent the greek is a very playful Mm-hmm. It, it plays with words a lot to, yeah. to to indicate a lot of meaning that you don't necessarily get in English. So, so he's he's doing that, and then he gets on a boat. He's out of town. Like I'm gone. And then a big violent storm catches them at sea, and there's waves going everywhere, and the sailors are freaking out. You know, they're praying to all the gods. You know. <laughs> yep. Like they're praying to all the gods. They're throwing cargo over the ship. Jonah is asleep, which is hilarious to me. It was hilarious in the New Testament when Jesus was asleep in a yeah. boat. 
Yep. And and make no mistake, that is a callback uh, to Jonah. So Jonah's uh-huh. just he is uh-huh. asleep. And again, that is a playful way of saying like he is he is out. Like mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. unaware of what is going on. So you know they're like, hey, you know, tell us who's responsible for making all this trouble. We're about oh, to no. die. Like, <laughs> it's not just mother nature someone is at fault yeah and that's the thing like they are they are convinced someone on the boat did something did something and has Mm -hmm. made the gods angry Mm -hmm. and you know which is you know which is funny and so they cast lots they're like you know they're like gambling it's almost like straws like you draw the short one the gods are mad at you and you have to die Walk the plank. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, so they get to him and he draws the lot and they're like, Hey, you know, yeah, I'll just read it. Like, tell us who's responsible for making all this trouble. What kind of work do you do? (laughs) Like, who are you? What is it that you do? Where do you come from? Where's your country? From what people like, they're like, give us the deets of who you are Uh because the gods are mad at you. And he's, you know, I'm a Hebrew. I worship, you know, Yahweh is the transliteration there, or the, right, the Lord, right. the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. And, you know, this, and now they're freaking out. Like, you right. serve, you know, that God, and they probably, don't, I don't even know if they know who that God is, but they're like, you know, he made the sea and the land. Like, that's a powerful God. Uh-huh. Why, why'd you piss him off? Right. I love, I love verse 10, because they're like, they were terrified and asked, what have you done? And then it says in parentheses, they knew that he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Yeah. Like, like, dude, like, did you think about that? He already, he just announced it. You get on the boat. By the way, I'm running from God. I'm running from God. <laughs> I hope we have How did they safe- not immediately know that it was him? Like, this is what he announces when he gets on board. I hope we have a safe trip, but I'm running from God. <laughs> like, I could be, uh, yeah, I could be the reason that, that we don't make it not yeah. sure so so then he's like well uh i think it kind of creates a conundrum for them because they're like well you know normally in this situation we would pick you up and throw you into the sea but you're a man of god so like we don't want to get screwed again yeah we don't like one of the yeah. you know we don't want the god to come and kill us because we killed a man of god so it's kind of a pickle that we're in <laughs> you know <laughs> And so Jonah's like, yeah, pick me up and throw me in the sea, you know, like, you know, cause I know it's my fault and, you know, just, just do that. Do your I love, thing. I love people who like own their shit. That's yeah. just, it's aspirational. It is aspirational. Now, I think this is probably the only time that Jonah comes kind of close to owning his shit, but right. I, I feel like we should recognize, we should yeah, recognize it's a big deal. this I baby mean, when, when your life is on the line, like that's a big deal to yeah. own your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, he could be like. Me. No, it's the captain. I'm a man of God, and it's the captain. God and told me. God told me it's him. Throw him overboard, you know, because none <laughs> of this is real, and the storm will calm down with or without me throwing a know, human the, sacrifice. Yeah. And then I'll be the pirate king, and then that th- that would be an interesting <laughs> story, you know. And Disney will make a movie about you. Yes. But why the is pir- the rum gone? <laughs> I do kind of think maybe Captain Jack Sparrow is like an alternate reality version of Jonah. I feel like that's, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, that's reasonable. I like it. Yeah. So, so, you know, so these guys are like, we don't want to throw this him overboard. So they're trying to row back to land. They're trying to get this figured out. They're like, you know, we can't, can't do this. So they're terrified of killing a man of God. 
and, and then they do this funny thing where they're like, okay, please, you know, they, they start praying to Yahweh, you know, like, please, please, Lord, don't let us die. Don't kill us for taking this man's life. We, you know, they almost do that thing where like, we're gonna sin. So we're trusting that you're merciful enough to forgive right. us for doing right. this thing that we're about to do. So they throw him overboard. And, you know, miraculously, the waves are calmed. Um, Why didn't you just get back on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I'm in the water, guys. Can you just throw me a rope and just drag me? Yeah, yeah, along? yeah. Life jacket? Anybody? Yeah. No, nothing? Okay. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. So, so and it's, and it's funny, like, you know, the idea being that maybe these sailors became followers of, you know, the, the Jewish God or Yahweh. I don't know. There's not mm. really much indication in that. Right. I, I think as a sailor, sailors then and sailors now kind of served the God that would, you know, bring them home safely, whatever. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty. Absolutely. Uh, like uh, the pagan mindset uh, towards gods and goddesses in, in many cultures is very transactional. Like yes. what is, what is the God Absolutely. that will, you know, if 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 I'm into like, this guy's I, territory, yeah. mm -hmm. what what rights do I need to do to make this guy happy? And then yep. you know, like there's not like a there's not like a relationship necessarily other than transaction, right? For right, most, exactly. For most what people. do I what do I need to do in order to get you to not smite me? Yeah. Or maybe they became saved. I don't know. <laughs> Take your pick. You know what? Yeah, you're just you're just gonna have to choose your own adventure with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I got uh, nothing. So, and then it says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Like, okay. that is the descriptors that we have. Yes. So, if you're, if you're drinking, huge fish is actually a whale. Yeah. Um, but also, like, what fish? This was, like, the first question you ask in, in Sunday school is, like, what kind of fish was it? Yeah. What kind of fish is this? Can it swallow me? Right. If I go swimming and, you know, yeah, you and I had this long discussion, I think just randomly when we were talking about, you know, what, like, and I think I came to the conclusion that possibly like a large baleen whale, like a humpback or a blue whale, theoretically, you could not die immediately stuck in their mouth. I feel mouth. like that's possible, right? I mean, it's like, right, you breathe, the, I mean, whales that breathe air and eat krill, it seems like it would be within the realm of possibility that, you know, you could wind up somewhere where you're just sitting in some, some fish goo waiting to die. Yeah. As opposed to, a, I don't know, getting eaten by a shark? Like, what are the other options here? Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, uh, a whale shark, not a whale shark. Yeah, whale shark. Like maybe that's big, but not big enough. Anyway, so like, and then and then you have to ask. Then oh, I don't know about you, but like in school, right? In Christian school was like, okay, so what kinds of what kinds of whales 
live in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. You know, can we piece this together to figure out? And, and you know, there was some debate in my Christian school, you know, because they're like, well, it does say fish and we have to go with what the Bible says. So it had to have been a fish. Didn't know what was whales there. were. Yeah. And, and what, and also like, you know, God provided a fish. So maybe this was like some kind of specially made genetic mutant fish. That yes, yes. Like God that, provided a star that was located over one house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like if, Custom I, made. Guess, I guess if you believe that, that right. there's then this, this is not a reach. Then then it's not a reach to be like God formed a fish that had just oxygen producing cavities and Wi-Fi and Noah or not Noah, Jonah just like chilled. Yeah. For three yeah. Days. It's like here's your fish prison. Enjoy. And yeah. then yeah. There there is a um a midrash I was reading about on this particular story that talked about how, you know, the fish, like the inside of the fish was like a sanctuary and mm. there was a pearl in it that provided illumination. Like there's some, mm. there's some very detailed, like it's really interesting, interesting, you know, kind of mythological takes on this. Uh, there's, you know, and that, you know, there, there was some interaction between this whale and Leviathan, which pops up, you know, later. Oh, in yeah, take a drink. Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they made it while Jonah was in there. I don't know. Oh, like, God. What? I don't know. Like, it's like. Uh, whale sex. Yeah. Whale sex. Uh, oh, no, le- no. Let me. Let me I'm go, looking, at, go, I'm looking at it now. So I will say, like, I saw another article on this. The one I'm pulled, I pulled up right now, this is, like, on a Wikipedia page. So take this with a grain of salt, folks. But mm-hmm. I find it hilarious that, you know, according to this, uh, you know, Jonah was inside the fish and, you know, his life was nearly over. The Leviathan was coming to eat them both. But, oh, God! Like... <laughs> no, no, no. Jonah, you know... character? Yes. So, but the fish swam up alongside Leviathan and Jonah threatened the Leviathan... How can like, you see it? By, he I was in a I have stomach. no idea. No. And then the Leviathan heard Jonah's threats and saw that he was circumcised and left them alone. Oh, so he's buck naked in here. This is incredible. Yes. This is incredible. Okay, I like this story it, again. It gets it gets it gets crazier. Like, you know, there's like oh, almost God. like there's this like mythological journey that they took together before it spits him out on oh, the my God. so yeah. So there are some lengths that various traditions go oh, to like okay. to spice up this story more than just he was eaten by a fish and then vomited up on the, you know. Yeah, the dinosaur noticed. Why is it always circumcision? Man, I don't yeah, know. It always comes back I don't to that. know. So, so in chapter two, so inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord and said, you know, it's kind of Get a longer- Get me out of this damn whale. And it's interesting because, you know, in Sunday school, it's well, Jonah prayed and then God heard his prayer and Jonah you know, repented. The, yeah. But if you read the prayer, there's not, he's not, he doesn't repent at all. That's like, amazing. Like in in some ways, it's, it's a little like Job, the prayer. Yeah. You know, like the end of Job, where they're just kind of saying things, this and that happened about, you know, about God, about earth. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, you destroyed me, God, like I'm down here, I've been banished, I'm, you know, engulfed by the waves, you know, I sang down, but you, God, brought me up out of the pit, you know, I, you know, I remembered you, Lord, and I prayed, you know, to you in your holy temple, and, you know, now, now I'm going to go to Nineveh, 
like and so it's 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 interesting there's a debate i think there was a debate when i was in seminary is this intentionally supposed to be a tongue-in-cheek prayer that mm. is like noah basically saying like this is how awful my life is and how god is just going to come and get me out of here i don't know you yeah. know you, you kind of read it's so it so hard to say like that's what the with the bible it's like it's so hard to figure out like how did they mean this yeah like it's it's like that person that talks to you and you're like are you making fun of me or uh -huh. do you like you don't know uh -huh. you know like it, in some ways it is like that and so then the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jonah onto dry land and that's that's the end of chapter two like this the, is incredible this, this is where the narrative at least with the narrative you know stops and then you know jonah begins to make his way be right back i need to google Nineveh. can whales vomit <laughs> No, not whales. I, I'm vomit. sure that they can. I would. I, I don't know of a creature that has a stomach and a mouth that does not have the ability to to vomit. Oh, they do. Um, that is whalefacts.org. You guys take a bunch of drinks. <laughs> yeah. So whale facts. So I yeah. guess yeah, Tori. How does this story? How does the story hit you now? Um, well, I mean, it's definitely as a kid, it was, I definitely remember it being very captivating, right? It's like, oh, yeah. the drama, the suspense, the man is inside of a fish. And now I'm just kind of like, you know, it's a thing. I, I'm not sure in terms of like what we could reasonably take from, from the story. Clearly the, the whole entire premise is do not run from the Lord or he will get you yes right and um i don't know again like there's so many characters of god that kind of get smushed together in scripture you know mm -hmm. because it's like sometimes sometimes it's like you don't get a second chance mm -hmm. right and then other times like with jonah it's like you get a second chance some people get like third fourth fifth chance it's just very bizarre you know you broke this law that I didn't even give you. You're worshiping a golden calf. I have been gone for a month. Now you must die. Yeah. It's like, okay, but let's just ground rules, please. Like any kind of ground rules would be awesome here. But yeah, um, some clearly defined, you know. Right. But I think that like <clears throat> as um as a narrative, this is great from an evangelical perspective for kids. Right. Yeah. Because there is a lot of fear based um, behavior manipulation in evangelicalism. Um, I mean, starting with the fact that, you know, we literally tell small children about a man being tortured to death because they're so disgusting that God would rather eat vomit than look at you. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's a perfect, it's a perfect narrative for that. You five-year-old put Jesus on this cross. Because you're evil. Yeah. It's like, and, mm, I don't know about that. I don't, I yeah. mean, it's, and, and again, it's like, you know, and then you're back to this space in evangelicalism where normal age appropriate developmental behavior is sin against yeah. your parents and against God. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like this whole thing, but yeah, this really contributes to the, to the fear, right? The stick carrot idea of, of God where, you know, sometimes you'll get a second chance. Sometimes the Leviathan gets you. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Yeah. Cause God is never changing. <laughs>
Yeah. And that's, and that, and that is a, it's a fascinating thing. And the interesting thing is, is the narrative arc of Jonah. If you read the next couple chapters and a little bit of a spoiler alert, I mean, most people that are, most people that are re- listening to this probably at least have some working understanding of the story already. Uh, you know, the arc of Jonah is actually redemption in a strange way. Right, in a weird it's, way. Mm-hmm. It's God forcing Jonah to reckon with this idea that I will be merciful on whoever I want to be merciful yeah. to. And yep. even if you don't like them, which is, I think, probably a better lesson to teach kids. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, you know, that, that God is merciful to people that you don't like mm-hmm. or that don't look like you. Uh, but that part of the narrative is almost always cut off. Any any evangelical retelling of the story I have ever heard kind of cuts that last little yes, bit off of it. Absolutely, and it you ends, never get told that part. You almost never kid, get told that part. Sure. Yeah, it's it ends with Jonah going to Nineveh and preaching about how much God hates them, and then turning and scene credits roll done. Yeah, yeah, and did the thing, and that's not how the story ends. You know, right. it actually ends on a on a morally ambiguous note and also a a strangely redemptive note so to land it in a kid's lap that like well if you don't follow god he might a whale might eat you Mm -hmm. and you might not get vomited up uh is is but or you might go on this cool mythological journey and speak to deep sea into yeah yeah into another dimension (laughs) You better hope you're circumcised because they're going to check your dick at the door. Oh no. <laughs> so bad. So weird. So bad. Weird. Um, so yeah, it, it, is a, it is an interesting tale that I think has taken on a life of its own, you know, in the Christian tradition, but even like Muslims tell stories about Jonah. Obviously the Jewish tradition has, uh, you know, I kind of embellish some of the more fanciful parts, but they have a tradition of Jonah as well. And mm. it's interesting that this story, because it is so evocative, you know, the sea and running away yeah. from God and the, yeah. and the fish that it keeps, it, it has, it has legs. It keeps getting told. I mean, yeah, that part from that, from, from, yeah, just the perspective of mythology and storytelling, like it's pretty solid. It's a very solid story. Um, I regret to inform you that the people who ask can whales vomit apparently also ask why is whale vomit so expensive uh, excuse me there's mm-hmm. there is a market for this material I guess so and it's illegal uh, i think it's illegal why is whale vomit illegal is the next question it's the next google <laughs> this search is intense. okay i'd have to close this out because i can't i can't do Tori's this right going now. down an internet I have, hole <laughs> i have an obsession with whales and it's not even it's not even a joke it's like one of my favorite things whales they're amazing they are amazing anyway. beautiful creatures and yes. you know fascinating creatures as well i have a whale tattoo there you go i love them so much oh okay so that's that uh yeah okay so if we were going to make the jonah movie who would we cast as jonah Mm, that is that is a good question it kind of depends on the angle we wanted to go yeah Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna make it go ahead 
I mean, you could go like Paul Rudd and do like a full almost kind of comedy thing mm-hmm. with it. For I think sure. he could do Noah very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I find that too. I'll just say Paul Rudd. That'll be who I cast as Jonah in the story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I definitely see it as like the, the Jonah movie as being a little bit on on the corny side. And for some reason, like John C. Riley comes to mind. Mm, yeah. Like he's a goofball. Like I think I could definitely see this being a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like also the, just the commentary. It's like, yeah, he's just going to make stuff up. Yeah. As they're going along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what would the Jonah movie be rated? Uh, well, I do think if we were going to go the more comedic, like Paul Rudd, John C. Mm-hmm. Riley, I think it'd be more of a PG-13. Like this is a PG-13 okay. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, maybe there's like a director's cut that's rated R where they say the F word two times, you know? <laughs> like, oh gosh. You know, cause yeah, I think, yeah, PG-13, you can say fuck one time and you say more than that and then it's arbitrary lines you know 13 year olds can handle it once in a two and a half hour movie that's all oh my gosh i think the special effects budget would be you know i think it it was directed by you know peter jackson or zach snyder it would Mm -hmm. be like Oh, four, Peter Jackson. Oh my God. Four, four minutes of people and then 45 minutes of CGI whale, like, <laughs> you know, going up and down and doing all the craziness. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could see it being a very gratuitous CGI movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, you know, there might even be like an Aquaman cameo of some kind. Oh God. Oh no. I could totally. Okay. So, but if it were, if it were a serious film though, I could definitely yeah. see like Oscar Isaac we were making it like a real life like this is kind of yeah yeah thing that we thought would happen i could definitely see him in that role for yeah. sure oscar isaac or if you wanted to do the biblical prophet with like the deep like kind of resonant mm-hmm. voice kind mm-hmm. of you know thing mm-hmm. you could get or like Idris Elba even like that kind of like the gravitas yeah. of like a, a yeah oh a, god that would yeah. be intense yeah you know someone with really like, real gravitas but but they're also this like coward on the inside it's like <laughs> no I'm out you know, I, I do think Idris Elba could pull both of those energies yeah oh for sure oh for sure we love we love Idris on this podcast. Just yeah. FYI, that's that's an agreed upon ground rule. That is true. <laughs> it's a pro Idris podcast. Yes. Oh my god. So yeah, I, I, there aren't many Amazing. other. There aren't really that many other characters in the story. So no, that would be not. your main. You know, the rest would be extras and mm-hmm. you know maybe mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. random cameos. We have to have a sex scene. True, you do. Uh, <laughs> it's like the rules of Hollywood. It is the rules of Hollywood. I think that's when we get to Nineveh. That's okay. when there's we'll, like we'll put you know, we'll put a pin in that. Come back. Put a pin in it, week. and you know, lots. Of, you know, basically to to show the quote sinfulness of Nineveh, it'd just be basically orgies everywhere. Everywhere, whales be... have orgies. Oh my God! You guys have to take oh. another drink. Whales have orgies. Yes, it's amazing. It's true. It's amazing. I'm so happy. This just... and I don't Go know ahead. about whales, but dolphins also get high. 
I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. The there is footage, and they've done you know kind of experiments. Jonah was swallowed by a dolphin. Yeah, well, I guess I guess there are these like puffer fish that you know. Oh yes, 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 or toxic. Yeah, uh huh. And you know, can be hallucinogenic, and definitely there were dolphins like passing it around, getting high as kites like on their backs like looking at the surface no! of the water yes not on their backs but just like like swimming upside down looking right. at the sun you know oh they're totally That's getting amazing. high as kites so that is amazing marine mammals you know have sex for pleasure have orgies and get high as often as they can you know what we love to see it <laughs> yeah we stand a sex positive ocean creature yes <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's so good. Anyway, cool. Yeah. Should we, I don't know, should we tell people where to find us or what are we doing? I think they should know where to find us. I mean, uh, I, assume, I assume that most, if they're still listening, they yes. might be into that. They could be into that. <laughs> uh, so what we do is we are at Go Home Bible on Twitter and Instagram. Twitters and the Twitters Instagram. Twitters and yes. the Instagrams. Uh, we do post the occasional meme and also some additional things here and there. Uh, we also are on Patreon as well. If you would like to support the show at uh, various tiers, you get, you know, some fun things, the stickers, coffee mugs. You also will get a life verse. Um, yes. Read from us, by us, the prophets, from us, the prophets. Of go home Bible, your drunk. I guess I'm a prophetess. A prophetess. Can my, can my, can my, hold on. Can my, like, can my main character in the Bible be like Jezebel? Yeah, I'm into that fine. shit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I t- I keep hijacking this. I need oh, it's stuff. fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, uh, Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Go home Bible. Super yeah. easy. Early access to episodes, live verse, coffee mugs, all the good things. Extra all stuff. the things you want. And and you get to support the show. There are expenses and things that go with running a podcast mm-hmm. that you know we definitely would love your help with. Yep, for sure. And if you have no dollars, which it's it's a plague, so no stress there you yeah. can just write a review yeah give us a couple five-star reviews log out of your your itunes account and log back in log back in with your with your brothers or your moms and give us another five stars yeah oh, especially give us 10. if you have a fundamentalist mother definitely Ooh, log in yes. with her log in yes and give us a uh-huh. five-star review yeah i love it okay yeah that's how we're that's how we do it all that's right how we do it thanks everybody have a wonderful week And we'll see you next time. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.